0: heard that
1: i
2: wasn't doing any like special introduction because i do not want to break your brain today
0: hello and welcome to punk goes pod the internet's only podcast that chronicles fearless records punk goes ellipses series to determine the age-old question hell yeah or yeah nah i am so tired you are. I want to cry a little bit, but that's, that's, I'll push through.
2: That's why I wasn't screwing around with the introduction. I don't want to be a, be the responsibility for the uh, for a meltdown if no, there is one.
0: I appreciate that.
2: I'll be on my best behavior. Thank you. As I crack open a beer. Excellent. How did you uh? How did you pull up and recover from last week's episode? The grayscale episode.
0: <laughs> Look, it took a while. Um, but no, I, I'm more or less back to where I started. I decided to sneak in a cheeky nap before we started recording just now. And I am regretting it a lot. I should have just stayed awake. But that's fine. You live and learn. I don't know. I
2: th- I feel like I should, you know, maybe try and nap a little bit more. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it works so or if it doesn't do. It, yeah.
0: it doesn't.
2: I've been going to bed later and later and getting up later and later. And yeah, I'm exhausted as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is the year to be exhausted, I feel. <laughs> so.
2: If there was any year to sort of catch up on rest, it would have been this year. But at the same time, there's been so much that, yeah. that, that, that had gone on, like, just. You know, the start of our year, the country burning pandemic that's you know, we're still not out of it.
1: Mm. Um
2: Oh hey, like I was able to breathe a sigh of relief and get a little bit of, you know, catch up on sleep when Biden won the election. But Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's been a lot of just Yeah, not great. That's, Hopefully this podcast has been a, a boon of uh of enjoyment for some folks out there.
0: That's true. But yeah, there's definitely been way too much external stimuli to just chill out this year. Um, I don't know, maybe that's how we spend New Year's Eve, or was we just get a good night's sleep. (laughs) Oh, be in bed by nine. I know, I could do that. Like, not even bother, just sit like, yeah, let's just not do (laughs) New Year's Eve.
2: There's something about that, like just going to sleep and then waking up in a new year.
0: Yeah, it is it's kinda nice. It's kinda
2: like time travelling, although I guess sleeping is sort of like time travelling.
0: God, I used to yeah. Like when I was a kid I used to like if I was staying over at a friend's house, like I'd be so excited about the next day's worth of activities that like it would be hard to get to sleep. I'd be like, Oh man, I can't wait until it's tomorrow and then you'd fall asleep and then there you are, it's tomorrow, like whereas now that freaks me out a bit. Like mm. oh, I'm just unconscious. For a third of my life. and more, more in my case, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. It kind of does my head in that there's just, like, huge spans of time that I'm not aware of.
2: Uh, I mean, when you go to a friend's house, though, when you stay up and you just talk as oh well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At least once. I've literally been up all night and, like, the sun was coming up and the birds were chirping. We were just like, oh, no. Yeah. But... Good times. I don't know if I ever
2: did that, but I definitely did that a few times with video games. Oh my god! <laughs> like Friends and friends and video games. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Not. Well, I mean.
0: I was about to say that's not as wholesome.
2: I've probably done it by myself as well, but yeah, it's 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 you know, video games. Mm. I wish I had a grenade to sort of fire us into the next segment. Because this week's song is Grenade by Bruno Mars as covered by Memphis Mayfire.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I may fire you from this podcast for that transition. No, that's fine. I
2: feel like I'm going to be apologising. for. Th- no, you for, don't need to apologise. For me this. being me a lot this episode.
0: No, you're fine. Um. Yeah.
2: It's... The last two nights, we have gone through and watched all four American Pie movies.
0: We really only needed to watch the first, maybe the second. The second, they were already starting to jump the shark a bit, and then it just... Yeah. The shark is dead by the fourth one. I
2: did find it really funny, though. And I, I, I remarked to you that they go through four movies, and the MILF guys don't have names. They're just yeah. the MILF
1: guys. <laughs> 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 Ooh some milf what the hell's that m i l f mom i'd like to fuck <laughs> even
2: in the fourth one like um oh, what's his name the actor who was also in harold and kumar he he has an almost like prominent role in this movie but he still doesn't have a name cuz he's just the milf guy <laughs> and i i cracked up because they do the reversal thing of like you know in all three the first three movies finch bangs Stiffler's mum all well, this time around Stifler bangs Finch's mum <laughs> Yeah, and and he he's having sex with her on the on the lacrosse field and there's just there's just MILF guy number one just sitting in the bleachers just watching <laughs> drinking a beer but, <laughs> like, but I think it I, I don't know if they expressly say but like they're very much heightening the idea that he's gay as well so he's just oh. watching it because even though he's gay he still has to appreciate a MILF
0: Okay. Oh, I see, that went over my head.
2: John John Cho,
0: right?
2: He's the actor, and and I think he's like because he's he's Asian, but I think he's like actively said, "I will never play a stereotype." Yeah. So yeah.
0: I think for me, like two things sort of occurred to me. Like in terms of MILF guy, like I love that they bring in that narrative of like. He and other MILF guy had the falling out. Like, I love that they bring in that narrative thread. But also, I don't think I ever fully realised just how much Jim's dad just loves his son. Yeah, no, it's, it's it super just makes, wholesome. Yeah.
2: Super, super wholesome.
0: Because, like, the movies are just filthy, but there's just that element to them, and it just makes me so happy it's very wholesome. Why I, are you laughing?
2: I, it's just like I'm on the IMDb page for American Reunion, and yeah, he's just milf guy number two.
0: <laughs> but this isn't an American Pie cast. No. I will never understand why he like the narr- like not the logic of him being like, yeah, I'm just going to like defile this pie, like. Yeah. And I, yeah that's yeah. the point is like he's so addled with like teenage hormones he doesn't but like what was he honestly going to do with that pie mm. afterwards?
2: You asked me that and it was possibly the first time I'd ever thought like right? what was he what was he planning to do afterwards?
0: Yeah I'd never like taken the argument beyond like oh yeah he's going to like put his doodle in that pie yeah. like yeah
2: But again like it's that thing of jim's dad like just catching him and just always the worst situations and it's never he never yells at him he's just like well son we'll just uh tell your mother that uh, we ate it all
0: (laughs) well jim just
2: like looks down like really downtrodden
0: my god
2: (laughs) yeah you're right the first one we probably didn't need to go past you know after the second one but whatever
0: (laughs) it was fun while it lasted
1: Your love is all I ever ask Cause what you don't understand is I catch a grenade
2: So, um, dear listeners, you may know, you may remember we have done both Bruno Mars and Memphis Mayfire. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time that two bands or two artists have cropped up at the same time, repeated. Yes. I
0: know what
2: you Um, mean. So, not really going to go into facts, but there's maybe some things that we missed out when yeah. we when we talked about Bruno Mars during the Just The Way You Are episode and Memphis May Fire during the Interstate Love Song episode. So, yeah, do you want to get into some of the things about Bruno Mars?
0: Yes, let's yeah. go.
2: Hey-ho, let's go. Do you want me to read or do you want to read?
0: You can read them. I'm just going to sit here and wake up a bit more. <laughs> All right,
2: that's fair. Hopefully this wakes you up and hopefully this doesn't put you to sleep. So... In 2018, Bruno Mars was actually accused of culturally appropriating African-American culture by writer Seren Sensei. Mars' father is half Puerto Rican, half Ashkenazi Jewish, and his mother is Filipino. However, Marjo Estevez, writer for Vibe, uh, quoted that, "...in no room is Bruno Mars a white person, given his Puerto Rican and Filipino ancestry, both of which have African roots." One could argue Bruno's artistry pulls from intrinsic knowledge and influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd sort of, like, looking into him the first time, I'd not really known that this was something that he'd been accused of.
0: Yeah, I think I was aware of it, but I just didn't think of it at the time. And again, because to me it's just... Yeah, it's, I don't know... Say, if I were to put Bruno Mars against, like, Justin Timberlake, I know who I'd prefer to be, like, borrowing from this culture.
2: And look, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I didn't, before doing this podcast, I didn't know anything about Bruno Mars besides, you know, the songs that he put yeah. out. And I knew what he looked like, and I thought, well, that's, you know, an African-American or maybe, you know, a Latino man, you mm. know? Um, I didn't know that, you know, he wasn't, you no know, born an African-American, so, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I didn't really... It's, I guess, ignorant of me, I guess. But at the same time, I also... It's going to sound horrible. I didn't care enough about Bruno Mars to be looking into him further.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, I... I as I said, we've done an episode on it. We don't really have too much to say. It was just something... Like, when they put out this video about it, it had garnered, you know, 3 million views. It wasn't... It wasn't just a blip. It wasn't like something that had just come and gone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and it was, you know, he's worked with plenty of African American artists and and whatnot. Mm. But look, that's just something that you know. I feel like I don't know. Sometimes when you're working a full time job, it's hard to sort of spend the time to to go through and find everything. Mm. And with me not working a full time job now, I can find extra things.
0: Well, there you to go.
2: So, yes, shall we just move on to the song?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
2: So, Grenade was the second single from Mars's debut album, Doo Wops and Hooligans. What is a doo wop?
0: wop is like, um... well, there's doo wop music, if not, like from sort of like the Motown scene. Like, hang on, I'm just going to look it up real quick. I'm not doing it justice.
2: And the the first single was Just The Way You Are, I believe.
0: Yes, so, do what a style of popular music marked by the use of close harmony vocals using nonsense phrases originating in the US in the 1950s. So it's a genre of r and B. I
1: I
2: love that, nonsense phrases. Mm. Does that mean making up words or just being like, you know, caramel cod or something like, you know, putting two words together that don't make sense?
0: I don't know.
2: Screwdriver unicorn. I don't know.
0: It's more, yeah, it's to do with just the, like...
2: Uh... Like like saying something like singing the word doo-wop. Like doo-wop doesn't necessarily mean anything mm. besides this style of music.
0: Yeah, but it's like it's the sort of the rhythmic sort of style of multiple singers yeah, in harmony with one another. That kind of thing.
2: Cool, cool. So the song was written by Bruno Mars, Philip Lawrence, R11... Brody Brown, Claude Kelly, and Andrew Wyatt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I have it written here, why did it need so many writers?
0: They all gotta get paid somehow.
2: Yeah, but like, you're then diminishing your payday by putting in all these extra <laughs> artists.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
2: I, I'm imagining it like, like a heist movie where they have a team, but then once the song's been recorded, Bruto Mars kills off like the rest of them, so he can get all the the money for himself.
0: hmm Yeah. Look, he could call that film doo wops and hooligans, I guess.
2: <laughs> I would probably not
0: see it. I would. It sounds okay. Yeah. Anyway.
2: So the song was produced by the Smeezingtons, a songwriting and producing team that consisted of Bruno Mars, Ari Levin, and Philip Lawrence. Right. And they were in action between 2010 to about 2015. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, looking at them, it looks like primarily they produced a lot of Bruno adjacent songs at most.
2: So I've just like, this bit is huge, but I just wanted to put it all in here. Um, Mm -hmm. it's the, like the background section in the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Alright, get ready for this. This is going to be a bit of a, a read through. Mm-hmm. So, in an interview with Ida Later, Bruno Mars revealed the song's conception and inspiration, saying that he was with his friend Benny Bianco and he was playing a
0: Benny couple Blanco.
2: Benny Blanco and he was playing a couple of songs to Mars, including one which lyrics were similar to the ones in Grenade. Blanco added that the band to which the song belonged was not signed and that the CD was not released. Mars replied, I can relate to that so much. I want to take that and make it my own. Mars confessed that the song was inspired by his love for a girl who did not love him back. He admitted to be a bit of a drama queen in that song, and that the track was therapeutic to him. Afterwards, Blanco contacted the dude and Mars started writing his version. It's a heartbreaking, heartbreak song, and I think everyone can relate to that. You're so in love with this woman and you don't understand. What am I doing wrong? What am I not giving to you? I'll go as far as putting a bullet in my brain for you and why can't I get that kind of love in return? In the same interview, the singer expressed desire to release the song as a single, claiming it was a personal favourite. R11 of the Smeezingtons said the writing of Grenade was among the most difficult songs in album since it took several months to complete.
0: So... Okay, so these are all, like, this is all just lifted direct, so all those typos and stuff are not you. Yeah, oh yeah. Because I looked at that and
2: went, I'm not rewriting that.
0: Okay. In
2: my own words. But I wanted to get it all down. Right. Later on, April 21st, 2012, the team said that the last line of the song was the conflict, since it took two months for them to come up with, but you won't do the same. In May 2018, Claude Kelly stated in an interview that he was invited to the studio by Mars as the singer wanted to collaborate with him. Once in the studio, he noticed Mars giving a hard time to one of his music partners, Philip Lawrence. The latter was once on a relationship with a girl that he would do everything for and received nothing in return. They started to throw extreme examples such as you jump out of a plane or a shark would eat you. Which they found amusing and started to write them on a list. I'd jump out in front of a train, throw my hand on a blade, get hit by a bus. Eventually they realised it was catchy.
1: Hmm. I
0: Whoever like wrote that, that is a rubbish piece of writing. I also feel like
2: their examples are not that extreme.
0: What? Jump out of a plane? Shark no, like ready. the
2: examples that they finally used in the song. Oh. Like, does he actually say jump out of a plane? Get eaten by a shark?
0: So, catch a grenade, hand on, on a, a blade... blade.
2: Stand in front of a train. Front,
0: yeah. Um, also, he
2: never says, I would catch a live grenade. He just says, I'll catch a grenade.
0: <sighs> okay. <laughs> he says he'd shoot himself in the head, though. Yeah, okay. Like, that's pretty extreme. That's extreme. And
2: I'll, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, the, the shooting in the head is extreme.
0: Yes. I love that that, like... <sighs> It's all pretty extreme.
2: Yeah. Alright. So the song collectively reached number one on the ARIA charts in New Zealand, Canada, Czech Republic, Denmark, Germany, Ireland, Israel, Norway, Poland, Scotland, Sweden, Switzerland, UK, and the US Billboard Hot 100.
0: How you doing there?
2: That was a lot. That was a lot of number ones.
0: That's what commas are for. You can pause and take a breath, yeah <laughs> anyway,
2: uh, so Bruno Mars got defensive when the idea that the piano in the film clip was a special effect. Mm-hmm. He said he was already doing eight hundred to nine hundred and sixty seven push-ups every day, so it was no big deal.
0: is that did you editorialize that or did he actually say that that
2: was that was a quote from the Wikipedia article on right. The, On the, uh, on the song. Okay. That's also a very specific number, 967.
0: That's what I, yeah. I'm just gonna take a look at the Wikipedia article real quick just to see what the fuck they're doing with it. Hang on. Also, like, in my half-asleep state, I thought, like, for some reason, my brain just substituted piano for train and so i was like why is he getting upset that people thought the train was cgi'd um he does 800 to 967
2: push-ups every day (laughs) like he should be able to push that train bruno mars said (laughs) as he did not push a train Uh, so while you're looking into that i will just say that Um, Possibly concerned that the actions in the video May be replicated by impressionable youths Mars stated that the video is a metaphor And should not be taken literally
0: Yep That's My god
2: I, I love the idea that You know when I was A teenager You know in the In the early 2000s And you might have You know impressionable youths Copying things that they see in Jackass. In 2010, impressionable youths are pulling a piano.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like, like, and I guess we'll get into the what we think of the song, unless there was... Was there anything else we needed to talk to? No. Like, I like the sort of imagery of that in terms of it sort of... I don't know, you could have a field day with it, you could make it sort of like a Sisyphean sisyphean endeavor like when he's pushing the piano up a hill or uh, Mm. like sisyphus and the rock or whatever the hell it was um you could liken it to just a burden like jesus the cross like you could just you can have a lot of fun with that visual metaphor of it um
2: i see i was going for pop culture and it was like a wanky version of saying anything yeah lifting the boombox above his head yeah but uh-huh. like that's just like I like that you go for like really smart metaphors <laughs> and I go for the lowest common denominator metaphors
0: no but that's the thing is like it's a very overwrought sort of depiction of trying to win someone back like show up at their window toss rocks at their window Hold up a jukebox, or oh, not juke? <laughs> that would not he work. He holds up a piano. Yeah,
2: doing all those push-ups. Exactly.
0: No, he unplugs a jukebox, just hoists it above his head, and he dies. holds up
2: the piano and a pe- pianist.
0: <laughs> um, boombox. That's the word I was looking for. Um,
2: Ghetto blaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. Be more impressive if it was a jukebox, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like, why doesn't he just take one of those like tiny little like kids keyboards yeah. but then yeah but then again that's where it sort of lends itself into that greater narrative of like suffering for someone else and yeah. Yeah. carrying the physical and metaphorical burden of uh yeah I'm
2: blah not gonna, blah 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 like yeah I will I'll admit like I felt it when he was pushing it up the hill yeah like as a very unfit person
1: it's
2: just <laughs> you know breathless watching
0: that it now that you say that it reminds me of like there's a certain like division of like hit training so like high intensity interval training and stuff where like you literally just fucking push a thing across the ground it's just like really if that's like I might as well just I don't know go outside and like push my car or something
2: well I used to when I used to work in a bottle shop one of the things I would have to do every Thursday was push a pallet full of full kegs
0: mm.
2: all the way across to the other side and that that was exercise yeah and you'd have to go over some speed humps as well
0: <laughs> jeez so oh my god that's just an accident <laughs> waiting to happen
2: oh you'd always um like when you get the when you return the empties always would like just spill out <laughs> and I was just waiting for the day that a car was going past and it would just smash into a car Never did, so.
0: God. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I I do like that element of the music video. Like, the whole thing is very sort of gimmicky and cliche, but kind of in a good way. And I think that's how I feel about the song as well.
2: I think the song is so much better than Just the Way You Are. Yes. He has so much more emotion in this song, and it shows.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um... I don't know. I, I I think it's far superior.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and yeah, like it's just got that you know, it's got that really it's it's almost like a an, and when you consider like uh, yeah, it's just like I'm pretty sure Just the Way You Are was the first single and this is the second single. Mm. It just shows maturity as well, like it's not like it it's it felt like it's Just the Way You Are it was just really sort of really really even in the even in the way the song was written, not just lyrically, but it was just so cheesy. So saccharine. Mm. Like, this isn't. This does... I do... I could listen to just the instrumentals of this and go, okay, this is a sad song. This is a heartbreaking, heartbreak song, as they say in the Wikipedia article. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Can't get more heartbreaking than that. Um, I guess, like playing devil's advocate you could say that this is just as like simplistic mm. like it it's one of these i don't know like the lyrics are very dramatic and very sort of uh what's the word i can't think but yeah just like it's a very sort of almost on the nose depiction of like i'm sad because you broke my heart i'm so sad i want to kill myself yeah. Metaphorically.
2: I, I look, I think it's as you said, like it is simplistic. Like it's very much sort of feels like a piano hymn, a really good sort of kind of marching beat
0: almost yeah, underneath yeah.
2: as well, which which really helps to drive it along and really helps to sort of accentuate the emotion. Yeah. I hate this lyrically though, because I don't think it's ironic. I don't think it's no as as I think they said it's sort of it was almost like therapy for him, mm. and it's also confused because like she doesn't give a shit about him. But then there's things like oh, but you cut the brakes on my car, or you fucked with my car's engine at one point. It's like, <laughs> but then so so what what is she? Is she someone who doesn't care about you, or is she a psychopath? That's, that's obsessed with you. Which, which is it? And I just feel like this is the... Like, if you go on the subreddit, nice guys, it's <laughs> just... It's all of this. It's, I would do everything for you and you won't do anything for me. Well, maybe she didn't ask for that.
1: Mm.
2: Maybe maybe she got drunk and kissed you while you were sober and then she woke up and went oh this guy's an asshole i'm not going to give him any more attention and you're like oh i'll put a bullet in my brain if you don't if you don't get with me
0: i think like now sort of when you read the lyrics outside of the song like it's kind of hard to tell yeah if it is ironic if it's not ironic like i feel like it's a bit more blurred but then there are lines like to give me all your love is all I ever ask. Like, that's got to be a sort of winking, like, thing of, but not like, well, not even, but not really, because, like, but it sort of feels like a very sort of theatrical representation. Where, like, if you were pressed on, it's like, no, like, that's very over the top and over dramatic. Mm. I don't know. I, don't, yeah, I. I like it, and I think that's because I'm not buy like, obviously because I'm an adult, like I don't buy into the sort of overwrought element of it. Like,
2: yeah, I just I I kind of disagree. I don't think it's clever enough to be tongue in cheek. As as we said, it's therapy. Yeah. Of. So this was him. This was him getting out his emotions that that a girl didn't like him back. Mm-hmm. You know she didn't like him back but yet she was crazy enough to to fuck with his car like yeah i yeah it's it's just confusing to me it's 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 muddled it's and it just sends the wrong message it's that thing of like even if it is tongue in cheek his fan base wouldn't have the maturity to know that it's tongue-in-cheek, mm. so it is. And it sort of, I guess it appeals to the, the teenage girls that would be like, oh, I would never do that to you, Bruno. I would, <laughs> I would love you back, Bruno. Right. I would i would take all the grenades for you, Bruno.
0: I do like the lyric, tell the devil I said, hey, when you get back to where you're from. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> fucking got him, mate. I that love- is... I love that. That
2: is a lyric I would have written at 14 when I had been rejected.
0: But I think that's what I like about it is like, it's someone who does have the maturity. Well, I'm assuming he was like an adult when he wrote it. Like it's someone who is penning these lyrics as an adult where you do have a bit of emotional distance from that knee jerk reaction, if that makes sense.
2: He would have been, yeah, twenty five.
0: Yeah, so I kind I like that. There's that sort of he's writing it from a place of maturity, but he's still sort of tapping into that very because like that. This is the kind of stuff that makes a radio hit. It's just very like basic, hooky, sort of catchy mm. lyrics and stuff, which doesn't necessarily translate to like emotional growth and like a healthy sense of coping mechanisms
2: it wouldn't like to me though it wouldn't scream breakup song if it wasn't for the like if he puts in the line something like she tells him that she loves him Uh. she has the line where it's like you told me that you loved me yeah Uh, which is like
0: yeah you said you love me you're a liar
2: yeah I mean that's a that's an emo line Fucking yeah Every, which is why it works. Every emo band has written something very close to that. But it's like if it wasn't for that one line, I would just think that this guy was just obsessed with this girl. Right. One one line makes it like go okay, it's a breakup song, but she's allowed to move on. Like
0: mm. he
2: just shows up unannounced at her house with a fucking piano
1: and
2: <laughs> she's moved on. Like it's fucking creepy.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> Maybe it's because, like, I was sort of... And, like, I say this in, like, the most ironic way possible. Like, I was radicalised by listening to, like, Taking Back Sunday and, Mm. like, The Used and, like, all these...
2: See, but I listened to that... Well, I didn't listen to Taking Back Sunday, but I listened to The Used and My Chemical Romance, you know, around about the time that you were.
0: Yeah, but, like...
2: Or a little bit before, even.
0: I don't know. Am I wrong in sort of thinking, though, that you then progressed to songs that aren't about this for your sort of bread and butter music when you're a teen. Whereas, like, I stuck with this throughout my high school years. Just, like, songs and, like, bands upon bands upon bands of You Broke My Heart, I Hate You So Much. Yeah,
2: and, th- so, like, the music that I, a lot of the music that I listened to, for, of, a lot of the music that I listened to for a long stretch of time before I sort of
0: mm. took
2: in, like, traditional heavy metal and, like, metal and that sort of stuff again in my yeah. life yeah um I I mean you can't really make out what they're saying and I kind of stopped looking at lyrics
0: yeah especially
2: like deathcore deathcore is like like emo is the hey you broke my heart deathcore is the is the then the rage progression of and now I'm gonna kill you for yeah
0: it. that's upsetting yeah
2: and so like I didn't stick with deathcore too long mm-hmm Um, But, like, a lot of the people in that scene sort of progressed from that sort of music as Mm. well. Progressed from, like, sort of, like, emo punk, that kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, like, you're right. A lot of the stuff that I listen to isn't isn't about that. Like, you wouldn't find too many death metal songs about love.
0: I think what, yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is, like because I sort of grew up with this kind of thematic content but presented in a much more like immediately like searing like bitter like vitriolic sort of like this to me because it is then coupled with yeah yeah like it's just like okay cool like like yeah this like to me the sort of the R&B the doo-wop sort of overlay is what tames it down like it makes Mm. it palatable to me and for some reason that takes the edge off it like i don't read this as like wow fuck this guy like i'm just so like oh yeah he's harmless even though like it is still the same content
2: i'm gonna play devil's advocate with an example Mm. this lyrically to me pretty much the same as the movie 500 days of summer Yeah. And what's your stance on 500 Days of Summer in, in, as a 29-year-old?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I used like, to... fuck
2: Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I used to be like, oh, Summer's such a bitch. And now it's just like, oh, uh, no.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, and that's like, I get that it's problematic, but for some reason, like, there's just a block in my brain where I'm like, but it's fine. Oh,
2: look, and that's the thing, like, if you just kind of shut off the lyrics, and it's not even, it's not even like,
0: uh, the, like, the, the threatening suicide part. And that's Is
2: is is really problematic too. This
0: me. is very sort of along the lines of that remember that Sean Kingston song Beautiful Girls? I think so. Damn all these beautiful girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's that same thing where like because it's on the radio, it's just like, Oh yeah. Damn, he seems lonely, huh? But like, it's quite <laughs> I do love like there was a tweet going around a while ago where someone was just like Beautiful girls, blank, meaning like they're just sort of there existing, and then Sean King's and I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, because yeah, like it, it's just because it's sort of packaged in this nice sounding, sort of palatable, contemporary, top 40, whatever sound doesn't make it any better than people espousing the same stuff, but mm. in a different genre.
2: Speaking of killing themselves, in the end of the film clip, Bruno Mars literally plays his piano in front of a oncoming train.
0: Yeah, I did not realize that <laughs> until tonight. I was like, "Oh, that's funny." And then the next, not day's... like funny and like a odd it's... choice of ending, not funny, ha ha. I
1: don't
2: know. I kind of got a laugh out of, of it.
0: Oh man!
2: But like the next day's news, it would be like a train ran into a piano. <laughs> And a man playing that? Yeah. Playing and
0: then the girl's just like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, uh, um, like. This is kind of like. And then they, they would talk to her and it would be like, we went
2: on one date. I didn't say, I love you. I said, I love food.
0: This is kind of a twin, but not really, to that song Buses and Trains by Bachelor Girl. I don't know that song. Yeah, you do. I walked under a bus, oh, yeah. I got hit by a train, keep falling in love, which is kind of the same. I've sunk out at sea, crashed my car, gone insane, and it felt so good, I want to do it again. But
2: that's... No, that's a... Grenade is the evil twin to that, because, because buses and trains are saying, I keep falling in love for the wrong person, yeah. and I end up hurting myself, but it's got a positive spin of, but I'm not giving up on love.
0: Yeah. 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 Anyway...
2: Cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a good song though. That was a good time back in 98 or whatever. Oh, that
2: was so long ago. I didn't and as a kid I was like, why is she saying she want to walk she wants to walk in front of a bus again?
0: I think yeah, I don't understand the walked under a bus. Like I, I walked into a bus. I mean
2: I guess if technically it's getting a service done and they're changing the oil and it's up on the thing and she walked literally under it and maybe it fell off the thing and she's like well let's do it again oh my
0: god let's talk about Memphis Mayfire
1: alright you should
0: have known you was trouble from the first kiss had
1: your eyes wide open why were they open you don't understand is I'd catch a grenade for ya, throw my hand on a blade for ya, I'd jump in front of a train for ya.
2: take over this so do you want me to continue
0: you can continue
2: alright so again we've sort of gone through the um the bio about them there's like some things though that I would like to you know bring up because we we didn't last time so Uh, Earlier this year, a recording was leaked of Memphis May Fire's frontman, Maddie Mullins, using the N-word in a call to his manager. Oh, fun. Mullins would publicly apologize, stating that his choice of language back then showed a lack of judgment and understanding of how hurtful words can be.
0: What does he mean by back then? Okay,
2: so this wasn't... He didn't do this this year. Right. This was... back when I think like Memphis May Fire were getting started or mm. you know they were a couple of years into it right. and he said he would leave voicemail messages to his manager and they would have a joke and it was like I would say horrible things to right. get a lot to get a rise out of my manager to make him laugh mm. and so you know maybe one or more of these voice recordings he's saying the n-word right um yeah so still not great
0: oh no god no
2: no uh, so Mullins has been known to cause controversy. Amity, the Amity Affliction vocalist Joel Birch said, "The other guys in Memphis May Fire are cool as fuck, but Maddie Mullins can get the fuck off warped." This was during the 2013 Warped tour. Mullins accused girls of dressing slutty to get the attention of guys like him. Uh, they, one of their songs that they would play live, uh, he would start the song by saying. This song goes out to all the girls who don't care that I'm a married man.
0: That's gross. Uh,
2: And also, I've got it written here. So whether it was because he grew up in a very religious household, the son of a pastor, Mullins appears to have a god complex. During the same warped tour, he had a line he would say to the crowd where he dubbed himself the voice of a generation. He then... Like, it must have been... It must have been more than just a walk tour though. Like that must have been a thing that he said for a long fucking time, or mm. maybe even maybe even still does today, because there's video of him doing it at Soundwave
1: over <laughs> here. <laughs> That's at the, right. At
2: the Melbourne Soundwave. He's doing the same thing where it's basically, he has this line where it's like the teacher says, like, hey Maddie, you're not doing too great at school. Like, what are your ambitions? What do you want to be? Don't you want to be something? He's like, No. I want to be the voice of a generation.
1: When I was in high school. Growing up, in general, I didn't have very many friends, and my school counselor pulled me aside one day and she said, You know, Maddie, I don't see a lot of direction from you. What is it that you want to do in your life?
0: And everybody clapped.
2: Yeah. And then mm. the teacher said, you've graduated. Yeah. At the age of 13. I was too smart for that school.
0: It's, yeah. I obviously have a chip on my shoulder for like, uber religious types who do sort of grandstand like this. But yeah, it's, it's tedious, is all I'll say.
2: I don't know, because I wrote that, <laughs> I wrote that myself. Does that sort of, that's like. God-complex sort of shit, yeah, isn't Yeah, it? well, it's yeah.
0: just like... I don't know. Yeah. There's a... I don't know. I'll always come around to it like this because I would die for them. But My Chemical Romance... Like, there's a way of acknowledging that people are listening to you and pay attention to what you say without being like, I am so great kind of thing. Like Exactly. Like, yeah. Gerard is well known for sort of speeches where it'll be like, oh like in yeah, some people say like my camp save my life but no, like I'm paraphrasing but general sentiment it's sort of you get the impression it's like no, but it's the other way around. Like we couldn't do this without you. But yeah. like
2: So that's super humble humble and thankful to the fans. And that yeah, yeah. it's not
0: this thing of like Look at how great I am. Look at me speaking for all of you (laughs) here.
2: Yeah. But. He also has a solo career, but which is, I think, more focused on, like, the pop side of things. Oh.
0: I'd be interested to hear that, actually. I should have listened, but
2: um, that's fine. what What do we think of the cover?
0: I was listening to Punk Goes Pop today, and I think I just have to come to terms with the fact that more songs will have, like, the majority of the songs we cover on this episode, on this podcast, will have, like, and I'm just going to have to get used to that. I think I'm just going to have to come to, like, make peace with the idea that this franchise caters to a very specific section of punk and, like, huge inverted commas like
2: yeah like it's the punk goes pop you know in 2020 is vastly different to punk goes pop in you know 2002 or whenever that first pop album came out. Mm. I'm going to say though it's only like 5% of the song that that there's a bit of growling.
0: I know but still like you know that I don't enjoy it Mm. so like but yeah when I sort of push past that like yeah
2: I can't wait till you hear next week's song then.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm gonna hate it, I'm sure. But like, I feel like this song does it... Like, it uses it well. It uses it as, like, a flourish as opposed to, like, a weapon that they just beat you over the head with. Yeah,
2: this is to sort of accentuate the moment, to accentuate the the emotion
0: mm. that
2: they're feeling. Um,
0: like, I... F- I still find their breakdown that they add in kind of painful, because I just don't care for that. Yeah. Joong, 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 joong. And I, if you've
2: heard... Basically, if you've heard one, you've heard them all. And that,
0: yeah, that's, that's like... Point. They just follow the exact same template. Doom. Do-do-do-do-do. do doo-doo-doo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, It's just like, yeah, I know. Like, but then... So, yeah. If they could do a version without that, I would think it was hugely sick. I do still very much enjoy it, though, because... And, like, I should have done my research, but, like, knowing that Mullins has that pop sensibility, Mm. like, he has the chops to cover this and cover it well.
2: This has more energy than their cover of Interstate Love Song, which makes me wonder is he more of a Bruno Mars fan than a Stone Temple Pilots fan? Probably. I shouldn't say he, like, it's like he's the only member of the band. but... But that's
0: the thing, it's like if his side project is very sort of pop focused then yeah, he obviously knows the source material potentially better than
2: Also, like, if you know, going by what we've said, like if he has kind of a I'm not gonna say hatred for women, but like mm. you know. Calling happily calling girls sluts, like yeah. this is probably like this is probably singing to him, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um But yeah. I think they do it well minus the Fucking breakdown just, yeah, and
2: the growl-ish.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um But no, like his vocals are really strong. I like that they keep the sort of harmonies, the bits of it that sort of make Bruno's work mm. r- recognisable and like, yeah. Like they sort of keep his signature, but they put their signature on top of that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think they do it cleverly.
2: And I think he, I don't think he matches Bruno Mars, but he's a, he's a, he's a fine vocalist himself.
0: Well, that's the thing is like, I, I'm sure there's plenty of other people that could do it as well, but yeah, I was very much struck by the thing of like, oh, like he is holding his own Mm. compared to Bruno. Yeah. Like he's not pushing his range. He's not like, he's not as full body, but that's because he doesn't sing the same sort of genre most of the time. Yeah. But he can still reach the notes that Bruno does. He can still bring the same emotion that Bruno does. Like it's yeah, yeah. good.
2: No, I agree. I think you know, barring the, you know, his personality, I think this <laughs> still this still works. Yeah, I think it's it's still a good song. And as I said, it has more energy than than their cover of Interstate Love Song. It yeah. has more. Feels like it, it has more love in it. Yeah. as well. Like that, just like. That sucked that one That version
0: <laughs> The suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked
2: Hang on I need to pause My wiener kids are <laughs> Looking at me Or whatever that line is My wiener kids are listening My wiener kids are listening <laughs> So the next one Damn wiener kids My damn wiener kids are listening <laughs> So the, the the next and final cover Is by Within Temptation
1: Mmm mm hmm You never give. Should've known you were trouble from the first kiss. Had your eyes wide open. Why were they open? Give you all I had. You tossed it in the trash. You tossed it in the trash as yes, you did. To so give me all your.
2: Within Temptation are a Dutch Symphonic metal band Cool um, Operatic, some people call it Uh, Yeah, never really got into them But they were kind of They always seemed like kind of You know, just a rung underneath Nightwish Right Yeah Which again, I never listened to Nightwish but.
0: I sort of, I always imagined that like Evanescence were inspired by the likes of Within Temptation, but I don't even know if they came before or after.
2: I know Amy Lee was very inspired by Corn.
0: Oh so wow! Okay,
2: I think she has gone on the record to say like Corn saved my life.
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: Which part? The part where he's like, boom, ba da, ba dum, ba da, ba boom.
0: Look, listening to that gives me life, so I can understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, like. Within Temptation, like, I always saw them on, like, magazines and stuff growing yep. up, but I never actually listened to them. But then again, I think I can conjure up in my head what they would sound like. And yep. I don't mean that in, like, a reductive sense.
2: Super duper European. Yeah. Like, that's just a sound that can only come out of Europe. Yeah. Um, it's like, if there's a you know, metal or rock festivals somewhere in Europe, they're probably there. That's cool. Playing. Um, yeah, again, like, never really got into them, but at the same time, like, it's for someone. But in saying that, I do like this version of Grenade as well. Yeah. Like, it just brings a bit more... Almost like it brings a bit more sort of, like, oomph to it.
0: Yeah, the production value is nice. Yeah, And then yeah it just it has a lot of body like when it kicked into the chorus I was like ooh like it's like
2: there's like a choir of angels or something just like (laughs) playing with them Yeah. yeah
0: but no I really like it
2: yeah she's got a killer voice as well yeah yeah but I don't really have much else to say about that
0: yeah I feel bad but like I can't really quantify or qualify why I like it so much I just do
2: Sometimes it's just good. Yeah. Sometimes there's just not that, you know, need for too much of an explanation. Mm. Just as much as, just as long as we get enough of an explanation to justify it as a review. Yes. For us to play the tracks. That's true. Yeah. So I think we did that.
0: I think so. Yeah.
2: What are we doing next week? Oh, hang on. Hell yeah, oh yeah, nah.
0: I know. I realise we didn't do that last week. Yeah. And, but also didn't want to revisit that cursed episode. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give them both a I don't know if I want to get like I if I'm working with that dichotomy, like I'm just gonna say hell yeah. But it's more just like a yeah. Yeah.
2: Mmm. Yeah.
0: What yeah. about you? I I think it's a
2: yeah for me. Like I I think it all works, except, and and again, like, it's lyrically. Right. It sucks, lyrically. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, I think it just... It could have just worked as a simple breakup song, like, hey, we we were both so in love. And you moved on, and now I'm sad. But it's, it does come off to me like, well... I've given you everything, and you've given me nothing, or well, maybe she didn't want to give you every anything like mm. maybe she and maybe she doesn't love you, and that's fine. she's allowed to not love you. She mm. doesn't owe you a damn thing.
0: It's like I'm not sure if I'm more surprised by your reaction to it or my reaction in that like I don't seem to care that much about mm. it,
2: yeah, yours is a little bit surprising, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I don't know I think it's that thing again where it's sort of packaged up in a way where I'm sort of like oh it's fine it's harmless but it's kind of like oh not really
2: it can be but at the same time it sort of depends on who's listening to it
0: and yeah that's exactly it
2: like who's who's impressionable listening to that Mm. going well she does owe you love Bruno
0: yeah that's
2: alright you're doing alright Bruno yeah yeah Uh, so yeah it's a a yeah from me as well cool For, for both yeah yeah it does sort of like stray into that territory of I was kind of half expecting Maddie Mullins to, to sort of in the growling bit to be like I would take a bullet for you or I would catch a grenade for you, bitch.
0: Yeah. like It doesn't,
2: but like it just sort of has that sort of feel. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing next week?
0: So next week we are looking at our first track from one of the Japanese special editions. So we are covering What the Hell by Avril Lavigne as covered by Ashley Scared the Sky for Punk Goes Pop 4.
2: I can't wait where it's, you know, we're going to finally start doing some of the Japanese editions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. All right. Until then, be safe. Love yep. yourself. Yes. Love someone who loves you back. Yes. And if they don't, then
0: Leave them alone.
2: Leave them alone. Don't <laughs> don't take a piano to their house. Or if it's going to be a piano, make it like one of those ones where it's like the hose in you, that, you, <laughs> that you blow into and that's that powers it.
0: I'm just picturing him walking home like tears in his eyes but blowing into this thing. So like, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Could you imagine
2: how vastly different the tone would have been in this film clip if <laughs> he was carrying a fucking accordion?
0: And not just taking like the train to get there, still like walking like <laughs> miles to get to our house. <laughs>
2: but like every time he plays, he's like sad but has to do like a little jaunt as well. <laughs> so I'm just imagining like on the train tracks.
0: Now I'm just picturing like an accordion instead or something. There's so many other instruments he could have taken.
2: Like, he does his hair up, he's got a flock of seagulls haircut, and takes his synthesizer. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, Take your synthesizer and have a good week. Yes.